Next on BYU Sports Nation, another win projection for BYU football, this time out of Las Vegas. Is it a fair one? What does Tanner Mangum need to do to regain favor as the BYU quarterback? And what football game from last year would you like a rematch of? And who is BYU's next great professional player? Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now from Studio B, your hosts, Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard. Welcome back. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Tuesday, May 29th. Hopefully you had a great Memorial Day weekend. I know I did. I know Jason and Brian did yesterday. I'm Jerem Jordan. Spencer Linton is recovering from two game sevens, so I'm teamed up with the man who will pay for the large popcorn at Solo today, Jason Shepard. Uh, what? You heard me. Um, <laughs> We're going to Solo we today. Together. Together. What? What? Yeah. I'm wondering if he makes it out alive. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, th- shot in the dark and say he will probably last through this movie. But did he shoot Greedo first? I don't know. I hope that's something that's I, brought up. I hope that's addressed. That, yeah, that's right, R2. <laughs> that's right. Uh, loaded show today. Very exciting. Between the lines with Jeff Judkins. Does he still have it? He claims to be this great shooter, and I think he is, but we will see. He's my buddy. He is your buddy. Juddy. He's the Juddy buddy, he's, right? He's my Juddy buddy. Shooter McJudkins. I have the ultimate faith in Jeff Judkins yeah, when I it think comes he, to anything, let alone shooting. Literally anything. Like I, I trust that dude, like Taysom said. And then uh, the return of Gregor Bell to the program, a Canadian to talk about the All-American <laughs> Stanley Cup final. I wonder if that just really bugs him. I bet it does bug him as a Canadian. You would want some would representation so. from the That's motherland. That's their sport. That is their sport. Yeah. Well, it used to be mostly their sport. <laughs> it's an American but and now, a Canadian are, Aren't thing we now, now right? taking over curling, too? That and much more coming up on the program with Greg Rebell. <laughs> but first, rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Oh, the offseason. As we continued in the desert known as the offseason for BYU football, the projections continue to pile up. We're about to get all the magazines. Can't wait. Order those over the weekend. Next up is the Las Vegas Casino South Point, a place that Jason frequents uh, for a meal or two. The over-under total for this season's wins is five and a half from South Point. Jason, is that fair? One thing you didn't know is I actually do frequent that for the food. Yeah. There's a the, steak, uh, steak and shake. Steak and shake. Yeah. No, I wasn't kidding. Yeah. I thought you were just pulling I'm that out. I'm very serious and, on this program. Yeah. Steak and shake is delicious. Uh, is it fair? Look, I understand why that is the number. Mm-hmm. And I believe, personally, they're going to su- surpass the five and a half. You and Spencer. But after last year in an offense that is a mystery because that's the way the coaches want it. I get why outsiders would think that. This is based off of last year and the fact that BYU went 4-9. and They returned most of the same players, and there's a lot of unknowns. I understand. And the unknown's always positive, but not to South Point. Not to South Point, but to me (laughs) and the rest of the world, the unknown is always positive. Wow, way to speak for The unknown and the future, as we've discussed many times, Jerem, is always positive. I think they will will surpass that. I don't think that's actually going to be that difficult to surpass that. Okay. But I understand why outsiders who are just looking at numbers would say that. I I get it. You don't think it'll be difficult? 
I think it. I think it will be a challenge for BYU to get six wins. I think. I, I think BYU is going to a bowl game. Yes. I think they. I think they are. But I do think it's a challenge. So tell me, because we've talked about the automatic wins. So what's what are the non-challenging games to you? I'm not. I'm not saying that there's no challenges. Right. I just we look. You can go down the schedule and play the win-loss record, and we looked at. We were talking about this last week. Do, how many of the gauntlet does BYU win? Of those. Uh, Six. Just let's just let's just go over this. Let's just okay. say you split the first two. Okay, that, well that's hopeful. so you're one and one. That's hopeful. Then you lose. Then you lose it. It Wisconsin. So yep. you're one and two. You beat McNeese State. You're two and two. Fighting Heat Detroit. Yes. Lose at Washington. Two and three. Beat Utah State. Three and three. Beat Hawaii. Four and three. Beat Northern Illinois. Ooh, I don't know. That's five a and three. That's a pick'em. So you're already at five and three with four games yeah. to go with and, the Mexico State left. At least two of those. Should be guaranteed wins. I feel you. BYU lost by 16 to Utah State last year. I expect the Cougars to win at home. BYU splitting the first two would be a good result. Okay, at Arizona, whew, that one's tough. You got to beat Cal at home. You got to beat Cal. Okay, at home. and that's just playing the win-loss game. That's right. that's not go- taking into account right. how these teams are going to evolve throughout the year. Right. And last year BYU should have gone to a bowl game. I've said this a bunch. BYU should have beat UMass at home, and should have won at ECU. And then they would have been in a bowl game, and things would have been bad, but not as nuclear bad as we've made them out to be. Is five and a half fair? Yes. Why should it be different? Preseason projections are based on, like you said, how last year fared, and then what comes back, and BYU returns a lot of the same players from a 4-9 team, so there's not a huge expectation that it would be much different. But the biggest difference isn't those players. It's the offense. It's Jeff Grimes. It's the coaching staff. It's the scheme. One of the things that will certainly help BYU surpass five and a half is good quarterback play. Yeah. As a freshman, we all remember Tanner Mangum in 2015 threw for almost 3,400 yards. He earned National Freshman of the Year honors. Multiple Hail Mary passes for for wins. And then after sitting out the majority of his sophomore year due to the return of Taysom Hill, last year did not go as planned. That's an understatement. What does Tanner Mangum have to do to regain favor in your opinion? This is an interesting question because he was very favorable after his freshman year. Absolutely. Came in for Taysom Hill. We didn't know what to expect. Elite 11, a lot of hype. Throws a couple of Hail Marys. Oh, yeah, baby. Nine and four. 3,000 plus pass yards, 23 TDs, 10 picks. That was awesome. National Freshman of the Year, Touchdown Club of Columbus. I, that's a great name for a club. Of all the clubs, <laughs> Touchdown Club is a good one. I think he needs to take BYU to a bowl game. He needs to win. He needs to own the position. Be the guy. Go 3,000-plus passing, 7-plus yards per attempt, have a 2-to-1 touchdown ratio. Last year was bad in all ways. I don't know that you can squarely blame Tanner Mangum. Certainly, he needs to be better, but injuries, tough schedule, an inept offense, schematically, probably. I mean, all those played into a significant dip in his numbers. Eight touchdown passes, nine picks, he gets hurt. It just was very forgettable, so I think... Tanner Mangum becomes the guy and then takes BYU to a bowl game and does some nice things, 7-5, and five, a memorable win here, uh, a memorable game again. I, he cannot top what he did in terms of singular moments at Nebraska and Boise State, in my opinion. But say, you know what? Okay, I thought of a singular thing he could do. He could beat Utah. If Tanner Mangum leads BYU to a win over Utah, boom. Now you're you're you've now you regained no wrong. the favor. Yes, yes. You've done something that hasn't been done since '09. Look, there. I agree with two things you said. I, and from That's an on, just two, only two. 
I agree from your on the field perspective. I agree with the two to one touchdown to interception ratio. I, At I, least, yeah, I, I I think that's that's one of those those metrics that you can look at, and that that talks about success. But the other the other thing that you mentioned is you know putting all of last year on Tanner Mangum is not fair. That is unfair to Tanner Mangum. You know he did not play as well as he would have liked without question. But there were a lot of other things that attributed to why the season was the way it was. But for me, one of the things, I think at the fact if he just wins the starting job, I think that says a lot. There's talent. He doesn't regain the favorite no, but what loss, I'm, No, but what I'm saying is winning that job says a lot about Tanner Mangum. And there's enough talent in the quarterback room that if the coaches, who I think a lot of people have a lot of trust in right now, if they – look at Tanner and say he's the best guy for this job, I actually think that helps a lot. The other thing is I, I went a little more conservative with the passing yards. I said at least 2,500 yards passing. Just just at least 2,500 plus. Is it hard in 2018 to get 3,000 passing yards? I'm, I'm just, it's again, not, right? I'm, I'm going conservative with yeah. that. Show a command this of the offense. a conservative offense. place. Yes, <laughs> thank you. And show a command of the offense. Yes. Show that you know what you're doing, that, that this offense – is you know it like the back of your hand. And then bring the swagger back. I don't really back. know the back of my hand, I'll be honest. Bring the swagger back. Jamal? No. Oh. N- not, uh, not Jamal. But in 2015, <laughs> he had, he, you knew when he walked on the field, you had a really good chance to win. Of throwing a Hail Mary. <laughs> but you still won. Yeah. Bring that swagger back. I think, I think that goes a long way, too. Amen to that. The Warriors and Cavaliers will meet for a fourth consecutive season in the NBA Finals starting Thursday. Some people are excited about this. Some people aren't. We've kind of seen this yeah. before. That's a record. Okay, This has never happened. It's a rematch three times over. So, Jason, if you could have a rematch from any game on last year's BYU football schedule, which one would it be and why? Look, I think there will be a lot of people, for obvious reasons, that will say Utah. I get it. I totally understand. I'm going to go with the team that's a little bit further north than that. I'm going to go State. with Utah oh. State. It is never okay to lose to the Utah State Aggies. Amen to that. BYU is a better program than the Aggies in every way. BYU had a lead in that game at 21-7 before Bo Hodge got hurt and left the game. Bo Hodge. That is what I would like back because I do not believe that the outcome would be the same. So for me, it would be Utah State. That's you a good don't point. want to lose to Utah State. That's a good point. In the pursuit of a bowl game, BYU lost that game. Okay, I've said there's no greater failure in a season than losing to Utah State. Like That is a sure sign of a failure yes. within a season. And rare is the season BYU loses to Utah State and has a good year. Okay, Obviously, BYU went 4-9 last year. To me, uh, oh, by the way, BYU has four rematches already scheduled for this year. One is Utah State, mm-hmm. Hawaii, Boise State, and Utah. So off the board... Uh, pick for me is UMass. <laughs> Losing to UMass was pathetic. That's one of the worst losses BYU's ever had in program history. 16 to 10 at home. This is really AP, shocking. AP Jofo throws four touchdown or interceptions. Come on. That was bad. And, and BYU's trying to make a bowl game. If Joe Critchlow wins that game, he goes 3 and 0 as a starter. Okay. And we go, eh, maybe Joe's the guy. We're talking like maybe Joe's the guy, but if he goes 3 and 0 to end the season, Joe's got some cachet a little more going in, but that is a huge blemish to lose to UMass. It's not all on Joe Critchlow's uh, shoulders, but certainly he's the quarterback, so he's going to get the most fame and blame, right? UMass. UMass. And Spencer has said that his 2018 season slogan is beat (laughs) UMass. Like, this is a game in November. BYU's playing at Foxborough. Tom Brady might even go to it if he's super bored. Um, 
BYU and UMass. That's my answer. Get the bumper stickers ready. Beat UMass. Beat UMass, yeah. I like that. I want a, I want a sticker. What else is Tom Brady going to be doing in the fall? Hanging out with Giselle. There's nothing else. He's not going to do anything else. He can go check he's, out he's not BYU busy. and UMass. He's not busy. With the athletic season just about over on campus, track still going on, several Cougar athletes are saying goodbye to BYU and then saying hello to professional careers. Now, the NFL is just a few months away. A handful of players hoping to make their mark. Elijah Bryant will be making money playing hoops somewhere. Brendan Sander just signed with an Italian volleyball team. Golf's Patrick Fishburne is turning pro after a stellar career in Provo. Who will be BYU's next great pro, Jerem? The fastball here is uh, Federico Warner. Uh, Fred Warner is in a great spot, of we, as we've chronicled. On the San Francisco 49ers, third-round pick, tremendous skill set. We think he's going to be a great one. There are other picks, though, off the board. My off-the-board pick is Patrick Fishburne. BYU has produced a few guys in the last couple of years on the PGA Tour in Daniel Summerhays and Zach Blair that have made a name for themselves and made some good money playing golf. I think Patrick Fishburne might be the guy. But don't forget about, as you mentioned, Brendan Sander. Yep. In Italy. And then those are guys that are going now. I mean, can Yoli Childs be a guy that in the G League or in Europe or maybe the NBA? Or the NBA. Uh, gets, a, gets a shot. I, I don't think he's going to be a great player in the NBA, but I think uh, he's got a shot to make it, pull a Kyle Collinsworth and get in there. If he develops a three, he's got a shot. But Fred, War- Fred Warner seems like the guy. Yeah. The reason Fred Warner seems like the guy is because Fred Warner is the guy. That's the answer. He's the guy that's in the best spot to succeed right away. As you mentioned, third-round pick to an up-and-coming team. And by all accounts, he will have a role as a rookie. You, you keep hearing these comments from John Lynch, the GM of the 49ers, you know, or, or Shanahan himself, talking about why they liked him and what he brings to the table. I think of all of the guys, in terms of immediate success, this is the guy we will see that will have that right now. Our uh, question of the day, if you could have a rematch from any game on last year's football schedule, what would it be and why? Let's go to the Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. On Twitter, at CoxWebDev. And weigh in on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Hands down, the Utah game. Take away the offensive pass interference. And that game very well could have been ours and changed the trajectory of the entire season. That was uh, on a what uh, a rub play, a, a screen by a wide receiver at the goal line. It would have also changed the trajectory of our sanity. <laughs> it's not like Utah was some game no. buster last year. They were 7-6 no. last year. I get why people yeah. would say Utah. I but totally beat, understand yes, it. Beating Utah. No, I get it. That's, yeah. Yeah, we at some point we need to ask what we asked last year, which was you get one guaranteed win on the schedule. What is it? We had this big debate between Utah and LSU. You can get, you can cross the fifty against LSU. Yes, or you. Can, <laughs> no, okay. Uh, continue to weigh in, Daniel Thomas on Facebook. I'd say East Carolina, crawl, walk, run. If you can't beat East Carolina, you won't beat Utah, Wisconsin, or LSU. Uh, you ain't beating Wisconsin or LSU. So let's just start there. But you could beat Utah. Listen. Utah's when Utah's like a BCS team, BYU can't hang. Okay, and guess what? Most teams didn't hang. Alabama didn't hang in the Sugar Bowl. But when Utah's not, they didn't a BCS want to be team, there. It's fine. <laughs> Neither did Oregon in the 06, Vegas, <laughs> whatever. No, they wanted to be there. BYU's just better. Uh, yeah. Okay. We should ask David Nixon about that. Continue <laughs> to weigh in, 
Use hashtag BYUSN on Twitter. You can weigh in on Facebook and Instagram as well. Yeah, coming up, more of your responses to our question of the day. More from Voice of the Nation coming up. And can former Celtic forward Jeff Judkins still get buckets? Between the Lines explores this as they go down memory lane with the women's basketball coach. Look who's here. Lauren McLean is in the house. Between the Lines is coming up after the break. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It's always a fun day when it's BYU Football Media Day, and it is coming up on Friday, June 22nd on BYU TV and BYU Radio. We will have the state of the program, a two-hour BYU Sports Nation, and a special on Cougars in the NFL. Again, don't forget, Friday, June 22nd, BYU Football Media Day. That's uh, just a few weeks away. I know. It's awesome. That's, that's fantastic. It's always part of a two-day, like a really special two-day thing for me because the night before is usually the NBA draft, and then BYU Media Day is the next day. So it's like 48 hours of just happiness for me. Yes. I love the NBA draft, and I love BYU Football Media Day. Welcome back. This is BYU Sports Nation. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation uh, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Our question of the day. If you could have a rematch from any game on last year's football schedule, what would it be and why? At Twiggy or Stone on Twitter. First thought is UMass. How did they lose that one? <laughs> Second is Utah. It was a close game that BYU could have won, just needed to make a few more plays. Can you imagine if BYU had been 5-7, and seven, didn't go to a bowl game, but beat Utah? That would be the scenario that some people play out, which is like, as long as we beat Utah, yeah, everything's no. cool, I, man. I, I hate that. That is a Utah State idea. Stop it. Stop it. Okay? Bigger and better things. Which brings us to this. BYU women's basketball coach Jeff Judkins. He's your buddy. He's my buddy. He's your buddy. He's my Juddy buddy. He's like a, he's like a Cabbage Patch doll from the <laughs> 80s or whatever. He played in the NBA for the Celtics, Jazz, Pistons, and Blazers from 78 to 83. And now at age 62, he wants to prove that he can still get buckets. Let's go Between the Lines. BYU Sports Nation presents Between the Lines. For those of you who know Juddy, you know that he likes to talk a little smack about the glory days and his infamous three-point shot. So we put him head-to-head with assistant coach and former player Ashley Garfield to see if his talent is timeless. This is Blast from the Past. We're here with the women's basketball head coach, Jeff Judkins, and assistant coach, Ashley Garfield. Old school coach versus new school coach. They're going to play in a game of horse. We're going to see who's going to win. You guys ready? ready? Let's go. All right, Ash, what would you say is your go-to shot? Um, as a player, it was probably definitely something either in the paint, like a little turnaround jumper there, or else like a pull-up game. We'll go with the right pull-up this time. Right pull up, right there. There it is. There it is. All right, we'll just go basic. Free throw line right here. Basic free throw? Okay, you you better make that. I know. You better make that. That's the problem with the short ones is you can really embarrass yourself. Oh, Jetty! H! It's an H! What current NBA player would you say you were the most like in your prime? Uh, John Havlicek. Not a long way back there. If I'd say now, I'd probably say Jeff Hornacek, somebody like that. 45-degree angle right here. There it is. All right. Juddy is an H. Ashley is nothing. Juddy with the shot. Oh! H-O. H-O for Juddy. All right. 
What's the difference between playing for Jetty and coaching with Jetty? Um, you know, that's a good question. It's actually something that I'm able to like, talk with recruits about because I'm able to see it from both perspectives. Um, but I think now that I have the coaching perspective, I'm able to see a lot more what he was trying to explain to me as a player. <laughs> we got to come out to three-point land. This is Jetty's range, not my range. We'll come out here. This is a go-to shot right there. Ashley hits the three, Jetty. Ah! H-O-R. Back in your prime, what was your go-to shot? 45-degree angle on the right side, probably three-point, probably like 20 feet, 23. And right here. From the three, he nails it. Make can't one. let him get heated up here. Oh, she gets it! Right leg out. Contact. Please don't make it. Yes! Nails. Yes! Now pressure on you, girl! Don't, hey, don't choke it. Don't choke it. Back to the days of post-ACL. Yes, there's one. I got one. Who's the most high-profile player you've played a game of horse or pig with? Uh, two of them. Okay. Larry Bird and Pete Maravich. And who would win? Of course, me. No. <laughs> right here, M- NBA 3. NBA 3. Yo! I got it. Yeah! Jet- Jenny just went up to a new level in these last two shots. Short. That one was really short. All right, I'm going to get this behind the backboard thing figured out. Okay. Looks good. Got it. Jetty cannot believe you just made that. <laughs> I don't think Jenny believe, believe I made any of those threes either. <laughs> He's wondering where those were during my career. It's like, I'm sorry. Ooh! So you've won a lot of accolades in your career. In 2014, the Sweet 16, you were part of that team. What is your most memorable moment, would you say? I would probably have to say that whole postseason um, it was surreal at the time. I don't think I really appreciated what was happening. I did, but didn't realize just how special that season was. Right here, Ash. Yes, right here. He knows his range. So how often do you shoot with the team? During the season, I shoot up you know, a few shots, and maybe once in a while we'll do some drills and I'll do it. I don't... I don't shoot like I used to, but um, I think most of the players on the team know that in my day I was a pretty good shooter. He's heating up. Oh, she nails it. All right, Judd. Okay, we're tied now. It's tied. Who's going to win this game of horse between you and Ashley? I think I have a better chance because I'm a little older. I think Chuddy might have the edge with shooting, but who knows? I'm going to give him run for his money. The ball has to go higher than the backboard and go in, okay? Higher than the... Higher than the backboard. Yeah! That was there! That was their pressure! Yeah! I don't know, I don't know if it got up there. Well, well, what's the film? It got up there. All right, wait, I get another one, right? Oh, is that how you play it? Dun, 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 
Oh, that is good stuff. Jenny still has it, everybody, and he will let you know it. Thanks for both of those people, wonderful people. Per, per, what? Excuse me? Let me start over. For participating. There we go. Next week on Between the Lines, the track team has had an elite season. But we're going to see if they are elite enough to beat me on Elite versus Street next week. Join us on Twitter at BOU underscore BTL and use the hashtag BOUBTL. Juddy is a fun character. <laughs> he's so he great. Is a char- he's a cartoon character. He could be if he wanted to. <laughs> the best part was him talking about the current player uh, being Jeff Hornacek. <laughs> well, he didn't actually say that on the thing, but yes, later on he, he said, oh, well, if I was going more current player, it would be Jeff Hornacek. So you asked current, and he said John Havlicek, he, who played yes. in the 60s for the Celtics. Yes, and then he said, if you're asking current... <laughs> It's going to be Jeff Hornacek. Like, uh, Juddy, it's not 97. And I held my tongue. I want to be like, oh, well. Oh, well. It's yeah. Juddy. We'll, we'll let it slide. It's Juddy. I love Juddy. Juddy's great. He, he's got some distance. Like, he oh, can he get buckets. He might be in the uh, Uncle Drew movie coming out this summer. I'm, I'm not sure, though. <laughs> no, real, real question. Does the track team actually have to be elite to beat you, or do they have to be just decent? What, know, just yeah, what, what are you just running or are you are you jumping yeah, we're running. decathlon? I don't want to give it all away. We're gonna just try and it. run and then uh I might throw in some rollerblades at a bike. Okay. Oh like see if I can be Oh, you on those that, against yeah, I'll be them. On those. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that okay. a new yeah, event yeah. that I'm unaware of? <laughs> it might where be rollerblades after this. are involved. It might be the, after uh, this. The Y games. Yeah. It's not the X it's like the X. I like it. I like it. Did we just create something? We did. On the air. That's intellectual property. It might penny. be the Provo Elementary School track team for all I know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we assume it's BYU. Okay. Lauren, we appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Thanks. More exciting stuff between lines coming up next week. Coming up, what does Greg Rubel think about five and a half wins for BYU football this upcoming season? And could Greg outskate the BYU track team? We'll ask him. <laughs> you have a voice. Use it on social media. We'll hear your opinions about the question of the day coming up after the break. And headlines, this is BYU Sports Nation. Between the Lines is brought to you by Tim Daly Nissan. Think Nissan. Think Tim Daly Southtown. Welcome back. Jerem Jordan, Jason Shepard, and Radio Vision live on BYU Radio and BYU TV. We're also on demand. During the break, we were watching uh, legendary Celtics broadcaster Johnny Most since we heard Jeff Judkins talk about John Havlicek. And Havlicek steals the ball! Yeah, they made some great calls. That's a steal, my bird! Were they great calls? Uh, yeah, they were They were legendary calls. They're memorable. I don't know. They are legendary, and so is Jeff Judkins. Yeah, number one most nasally voice of all time, Johnny Most. Awesome. <laughs> Let's check out some of today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. It's your BYU Sports Nation headlines. Patrick Fishburne finished 35th at 5 over par in the individual NCAA D1 Championship Monday. Fishburne is a senior and is expected to pursue a professional career after BYU. Congratulations to Fishburne and the BYU men's golf team for their fantastic performance at the NCAA Championship. Congratulations also to Brendan Sanders, signed with Italian volleyball club Blue Volley Verona. Verona actually is the same club that his brother Taylor started his professional career with. But Taylor played with a different team this last year. So Correct. he's played in, with multiple teams there, and in China, and uh, possibly a new country. Does he know Jimmer? Next season. Do they hang out in China? Uh, yeah, they, they hang out all the time, man. I think they were roommates. Uh, Adam Long went two for three with a walk and a run scored in the AAA Tacoma Rainiers 10-2 loss to the Las Vegas 51s. Law is five for eight with two walks and two runs scored since being called up to AAA. 
Nicely done for my Mariners. I was going to say, you're pretty happy about this, that uh, maybe Adam is one step Dude, closer to getting to, the, to the, the big club. The last two years in spring training, I've, I've been able to go to a game and, and see Adam play, which has been really fun. So I'm all over the Adam Law. I'm on the Adam Law bandwagon. I'm driving it. I get to see, like in the offseason, because Coach Little with BYU Baseball, one of the things he loves is to have the former Cougars come in the offseason and kind of work out with the team and kind of take, help take advantage of the facilities and things like that. Seeing Adam Law work out, I mean, he trust me, he's putting in the work. He he's a first of all, he's a great guy, but to see how hard he's working at the game of baseball, it's great to see him having the success that he is. Speaking of baseball and BYU baseball, signee Austin Deming from Snow Canyon High School received the Gatorade Player of the Year. Deming, listen to this. He hit 516 with nine home runs. He also pitched and had a 1.31 ERA. That's pretty good. And he's expected to be on the team yes. uh, coming up next season. He so will that's be here. exciting. Uh, it's May 29th. We've got a summer full of you know some dry days that we will fill here on BYU Sports Nation to get you all the way up to September 1st, which is the day of something. What it was it? What is it again? I'm hit it. Countdown to the Wildcats. 95 days. I I tweeted out once it was a hundy. I'm in. Yeah, I'm I know. In. I'm I, in. I didn't appreciate that tweet. Like now you're jumping on the bandwagon. I've yeah. I've been driving the bandwagon. Now you want to hop on. Yes, and thank you for being in- inclusive. Oh, wait, you're not. <laughs> Unbelievable. Now he's all about the countdown. Listen, when, uh, when there's something for me, I'm in. Uh, great number 95s in BYU history. Gordon Hudson. Great. Ah, oh, tight end, unbelievable, American, college football Hall of Famer, really good. And Byron Rex, he was awesome as well. Like, there have been some good 95s as well. So that's coming up. Uh, let's get to the Voice of the Nation on our question today. If you could have a rematch from any game on last year's football schedule, what would it be and why? Let's get to your uh, responses. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. That's right. You can weigh in on Twitter, Instagram, and the Facebook at CL underscore living. LSU. Sorry, what? The rematch would be like a laundry detergent commercial with the lingo. Shut out offensive stains and grimes. <laughs> you could look for Jeff Grimes on the sideline of that game. Uh, that is not one I want at all. You got to the forty-seven. I, I don't. I don't want that one. Yeah, let's let's not. Let's just ignore that one. It never actually happened. Can we just go there, with that? There was a time, the twenty eleven loss versus Utah, fifty-four to ten, that I literally forgot the score for years because I was just like. So look, when things are traumatic, negative our, our, our brains will block them out. Yes, it's, it's, because the future is always positive. The future is always positive and losses to Utah are not. Uh, yeah, that's the understatement of the century. How about this one from Nathan Farmer on Facebook? Sure, everyone wants Utah, but the one that stung the most was Utah State. That's what I said. Okay. Hodge was dominating that game in the first quarter. As I mentioned, 21 to 7 was that score. Then as soon as he went out, out hurt the wheels fell off that game should have been a blowout w and probably would have gotten us some positive momentum going into the next few games on the schedule i agree 100 percent with everything that nathan farmer bum, bada, bum, 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 on facebook <laughs> nathan said. we are a farmer yes yeah. um thanks for the response let's play the what if game if bo hodge stays in that game mm-hmm. i think you and i believe that byu wins that game absolutely okay he did throw a pick six yes. that made a 21 14 
but it was 21-7 at one point. What if Bo Hodge stays in there and then he quarterbacks the rest of the season? Does BYU beat UMass? Does BYU beat ECU? Does BYU go to a bowl game? Is Bo Hodge the incumbent starter going into next year? That is look. There's, that there's, is a question I have in yeah, the what if yeah, game. There's no way of being able to answer that question. But oh, here's, sure there is. We go no, back in time. But it's all kind of X Men. Back the, to the future. The DeLorean we have is parked, all kinds of the opportunities. The DeLorean is parked out on the back. Let's hop in. Here, here's what I do think. If if Bo Hodge stays in and quarterbacks that game and is healthy for the next, you know, continues on as a quarterback, that helps with the consistency. That's something to build off of, and that's something that we didn't get to see a whole lot of because of all the injuries that they were dealing with. It's not just the quarterback position. It was at the running back position, the receivers, tight ends, defense. There were so many injuries that you never had continuity going from game to game, so you had to always tweak things. If you had that type of consistency, I do think BYU's chances are better of pulling out those games. And what do we know about Bo Hodge right now? We don't know a lot. What we know is that he had concussions last year. Yes. And that's not good. And you don't want to throw out a guy that potentially could have off-the-field uh, you know, issues with that. So Bo is certainly taking those steps. Merrill Hodge retired from the NFL with excessive concussions. That is a sensitive topic, and they are well aware of what they need to do. In fact, there was, uh, you know, the Hodges looked into it with the Steelers of what they could analyze with Bo to make sure he's good. Right. So that's number one priority. Absolutely. Because, like, yes, playing BYU football is one part of your life, but like being healthy off the field totally matters more. So hopefully, Bo Hodge can become what we hope he is, which is Taysom Light. Great runner. We think he's got an arm. He has two of them. He has two, in fact, uh, unless it gets pulled off at a cantina or something like Star Wars. Ah, you're pulling in that we're yeah, yeah. I'm rolling solo in. Today. We're going to solo. I got to okay. tie that in. All right, I like it. I want to see what Bo Hodge can do, and, and we'll see if we get that shot. At, at, w- at Y for Life. Yes. Uh, UMass, another UMass. UMass. Uh, because we're about equal and need to flip that coin again. We're about, about equal. equal with UMass? I. I I, oh, this doesn't make any sense to me at all. Um, I have a great amount of hubris <laughs> surrounding BYU football, and uh, that one hurts. Uh, Brandon Dunn on Facebook, East Carolina, because I know we could have caught the dub there. Going into that week, East Carolina was giving up 50 points a game <laughs> and 600 yards. I will not get over that loss. For a long time. I was actually calling a BYU women's soccer game uh, during the East Carolina game. So I... Have you watched that game? Luckily, did not have to sit through have that. You, have you watched that I have game? watched it, yes. Yeah. But live, I my focus was, was on one. BYU women's soccer. That was a tough one. Uh, Sports Car 14 on Instagram. Utah, because we made little mistakes. The The... Rub route that got called as an offensive pass interference was certainly a big play in that game. But that's the thing against Utah. It comes down to the wire. You got to make a play or two here and you get a win. You got to block on a field goal kick to get into OT. You got to make a play or two to get that win. And, and that's what it's come down to. If Utah's not a BCS team, BYU's right there with those guys. It's not a huge difference, but Utah's made the plays to yep. wins. Wins seven times in a row. 
Why do you have to bring that up? Uh, at Laser Sheep, also UMass. You just can't lose to them if you're BYU. I can even swallow a San Jose State or Utah State loss when they aren't terrible, but UMass is not a good football school. UMass is expected to be even better than they were last year. So that's a late November game, potentially in the snow, in Foxborough. Tom Brady could be we in the We need no, to get Tom Brady and Giselle there wearing BYU gear. You should just tweet at them. Maybe they'll go. I'm uh, sure they'll be checking that. Weigh in on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. More of your responses from our question of the day coming up. Speaking of coming up, Greg Rubel stops by Studio B. What does he expect from Tanner Mangum this year? And is he cool with no Canadian hockey teams in the Stanley Cup final? I bet he gives us a cool thing about Canada. And Adam Loggins call up to AAA what he's been doing in his first couple of days in AAA. We'll tell you. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Make sure you tune in to BYU TV and BYU Radio on Friday, June 22nd for the annual BYU Football Media Day. We will have the state of the program. There will be a two-hour BYU Sports Nation plus a special on Cougars in the NFL. That is Friday, June 22nd. Cannot wait. Web chats, BYU Radio offerings. Uh, yeah, hang with BYU TV and BYU Radio for full coverage of Media Day coming up. Jerem Jordan, Jason Shepard, live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. If you missed the show at noon Eastern, don't fret. A rebroadcast on BYU TV's at 6 Eastern, of course, on-demand podcasts uh, and video as well on the apps. Our question of the day, if you could have a rematch from any game on last year's football schedule, what would it be and why? Christopher Isaacson weighs in on Facebook. ECU, they're the only team we have a chance of beating. What? What? <laughs> I don't want to let a team... That was one and seven. Get away with that. You don't think UMass is in the mix? Christopher Topher? You don't think UMass was there? <laughs> Utah State? Just, just ECU. It's okay. all ECU. Okay. Weigh in on uh, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Our next guest is, uh, we haven't had him on the show in a while, and it's, and it's a timely one at that. Stanley Cup final. Game one was last night. Hockey's on the mind. And in comes Greg Rubel, the voice of the Cougars. Greg, welcome back. It's great to see you. Morning, boys. Good to see you guys. Did you, uh, did you watch the game? What did you think? Hockey. Well, once I got through the 45-minute pregame. <laughs> <laughs> it was long, wasn't it? Gosh. Yeah, that was a little much. But very Vegas, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. I, you know, I, the, the hockey purists and the old-timers are just like, uh, what's going on? Uh, it, was, it was a little much for me. And then uh, the game was, eh. You know, I'm pulling for the Capitals, so it wasn't my night. But you did have the NBA Game 7. Two yeah. Game 7s back-to-back days. Great sports night. It really, truly was a great sports night. Can you imagine any NBA team, let alone the team with the best record in the NBA, missing 27 straight anything? Anything? It's incredible. Professionals making gazillions of dollars combined to miss 27 <laughs> consecutive three-point shots. They should never miss 27 of, of anything in a row, ever at that level. It, it, it just boggles my mind. Now, you have the likely-slash-potential MVP, they say, in James Harden. Okay, He's missing his right-hand man, the second-best player, you could argue, Chris Paul. Without Chris Paul, Houston suddenly had no shot. I mean, once Chris Paul hurt his hamstring, I said, well, the, the series is they, over. They just lost. We'll, we'll yeah. yeah, they just lost yeah. the series. Yeah. Kevin Love gets hurt. Okay, LeBron's right-hand man, if you will, second-best player on the Cavs, okay? And they still found a way to get it done because LeBron is LeBron, and that's why he is the MVP and should be the MVP every year. Yes. James Harden, the supposed MVP, loses his guy, and it's over. And he, at one point, went over 22, I think. Again, what MVP 
misses 22 straight anything, let alone three-point shots. And then walks uh, off the court after. Yeah, you know, like, yeah, come on, man. His, his attitude. So again, is again, again, you're talking to a guy that says LeBron is the MVP every year until he retires. So, yeah. you know, I'm a little bit biased that way. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's switch gears just a little bit. We will go back, unfortunately, to a, a Vegas connection. Uh, South Point in Vegas came out with their season over and under in wins for BYU. They've got it at five and a half. Um, do you think that's a fair number? Sure, because that's a pretty simple one, right? Because now you're saying bowl game or no bowl game. You're saying, yes, they'll get to a bowl or no, they won't. And I think getting to a bowl is a worthy and reasonable goal this year for this team. Do you expect BYU to go to a bowl game this season? I think six wins is a worthy and reasonable objective. Yeah. yeah you see, I'm out of the prediction business. And, and, and my speculation business is under new management. So I just call the games, all right? <laughs> so, again, six wins is a worthy and reasonable goal, and let's just leave it at that. Tanner Mangum is in the running for quarterback. I would say he's probably the incumbent, given how much he's started. Didn't uh, play spring. Right, didn't play spring. So I mean, it, he was on the field doing some things, but he wasn't yeah. a game quarterback in spring. He was an 11-on-11, yep. No. Um, who knows, you know, but every indication points, he has a legit shot to be the starter. What does he need to do to kind of regain favor from his tremendous freshman season to the forgettable season last year? Uh, I, I, I don't know that it's anything other than win a competition. And it's going to be a competition. Uh, when August hits... They're going to throw out five, six quarterbacks, and Kalani within a couple of weeks, along with Coach Roderick and Coach Grimes, are going to figure out who gives them the best shot to win in four weeks. It's going to be quick. I mean, you, you can't mess around too long, I wouldn't think, in camp till you have your guy. And so I, I, I'm incredibly intrigued and excited about how that camp's going to break and start up with all those guys looking to win a job. And Tanner's one of those guys looking to win a job. Incumbent or not, he's got to go prove it. Riddle me this. Last year, I didn't feel like uh, BYU's offense looked anything like the offense we saw on the field. Now, Kalania said maybe we needed to go live more to, to be able to see that. But I didn't think last year after fall camp, man, the offense is really struggling. I thought they were pretty crisp. So how are we going to know in fall camp if this team's actually going to be better than what we think? Yeah, we may I, have to wait until the games, right? I, I don't know how much you can tell. Uh, I mean, who gets to see much of anything in August? And, and this year, I think we'll, we might even see you know, less than, than usual because you have that competitive advantage. Arizona does not know what to expect in any way when that first snap hits in, uh, on September 1st. And so you try to keep that advantage as, 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 uh, as tightly as you can. Uh, and so I really do think it'll, it'll be on the field at, in Tucson when we see really what this thing's all about. Playing off the rematch now in the NBA Finals with the Cavs and the Warriors, our question of the day is, which game off of last year's BYU football schedule would you like a rematch of? I went with Utah State. Jerem? UMass. Went with UMass. Okay, Where now, would you now, go? Now, both of those games are already rematches. So considering that half of the schedule this year, yes. six of them are rematches from last year, so a full half of the schedule is already a rematch. Since you're already getting them, I want to go somewhere you're not getting a rematch. Um, so I'm, I'm, and, and one's not enough. I, I need three because then three gives you seven wins and you're in a bowl game. <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm going to go with, with ECU and Fresno State. And um, the last one, uh, ECU, Fresno State gets me a couple, right? Uh, now, let's, let's go with those. Yeah, uh, because everything else is more, pretty much everything else is, is rematches. ECU was uh, maybe the worst defense in college football history in BYU. 
um, didn't move the ball until it was too late. I, I think had BYU come out with a different mindset, they could have won that game. It was too late. They threw the ball a ton in the second half, still wasn't enough. That was disappointing to me. That was a team you could get if you came out and tried to get them, I thought. Yes. And then Fresno State, uh, because of, I, I think had the quarterbacks not gotten hurt in that game, you could have won that game. And that would have been a nice win. That's a, what, 10-win team? I think yeah, so, 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 you know, that, that gets you to six wins. Um, and again, now you're looking at one of those provisional rider things to get into a bowl game at six and seven if there aren't enough qualifying teams. Um, so those are a couple of games that, that are not on this year's schedule that I would, I would say uh, you, you'd want to rematch with. Everything else pretty much is back on the schedule this year. And there are six, so half the, half the schedule, yeah. Voice of the Cougars, Gregor Bell is on BYU Sports Nation. We've discussed a number of basketball topics recently because of the return of Yoli Childs. Um, what do you think of the group that they have going into next season? Uh, better than it would be had Yoli uh, decided to you know, play elsewhere. I think he makes all the difference in the world for this team. I think with Yoli Childs, you've got the second-best roster in the WCC and can reasonably expect um, to finish ahead of St. Mary's. And, and, and that might mean a lot this year, considering how BYU has scheduled. Um, if you are the second-best team to Gonzaga, and of course your objective is to finish ahead of Gonzaga and, and win the league, that's naturally going to be Dave Rose's objective. Um, if Gonzaga is the best team in the WCC and proves to be that by the end of the year, can you be that next-best team? If you're the next-best team in this league with this year's schedule, that could be enough to do good things for this team. All right, Greg, we can't let you go without getting a cool thing about Canada. What have you brought to us today? Well, we're going to flip it around, and it's, it's actually a not-so-cool thing about Canada. Wait, what? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So since the Edmonton Oilers won the last of their Stanley Cups in 1990, 26 Stanley Cups have been hoisted, and only one by a Canadian team. And that's, that's an outrage. That's not cool. Yeah, one of the last 26 Stanley Cup champions hails from north of the border, and that is a not-cool thing about Canada. <laughs> and it's going to be 27 after this year, unfortunately. Unfortunately, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Greg, thanks for the time, man. Always my pleasure. Okay, Gregor Bell, voice okay. of the Cougars on BYU Sports Nation. Coming up, Patrick Fishburne wrapped up his BYU career yesterday. How did he do at the NCAA Nationals? And volleyballer Brendan Sanders signs a pro contract in Europe. It's all in the whip. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Thanks to today's guest, Greg Rebell. Sorry to Dennis Pitta. No time. Why you and Dennis just can't get along. Uh, if you you miss, can't get along with me. If you missed today's show, you can download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Golf. What you don't know is we actually have Indiana Jones in the background in front of a mic with the whip. That's where that comes from. Patrick Fishburne finished 35th at 5 over par in the individual NCAA Division I championship on Monday. Fishburne is a senior. He is expected to pursue a professional career. Volleyball. Brendan Sanders signed with Italian volleyball club Blue Volley Verona. Verona is the same club that his brother Taylor started his professional career with. Cougars in the minors. Adam Law went two for three with a walk and a run scored in the Tacoma Rainiers. 10-2 loss to the Las Vegas 51s. Law is now five for eight with two walks and two runs scored since being called up to AAA. Michael Rucker pitched three innings and had five strikeouts in an 11-6 win over the Pensacola Blue Wahoos. (laughs) Jacob Brugman went three for three with two stolen bases in a 1-0 loss to the Toledo Mudhens. Baseball. Baseball signee Austin Deming from Snow Canyon High School in Utah received Gatorade Player of the Year honors today. Deming batted 516 with nine homers this year. He's expected to join the Cougars next season. 
Today's Rise and Shout is brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. Who are you giving it to today? How about Adam Law for my AAA Tacoma Rainiers. Adam, five for eight in his first two games. Two walks, two runs for the Rainiers. Hopefully he gets a look with the Mariners at some point in the future. Well, when they, when they fall out of contention and they'll be the September call-ups will... They're 13 games over 500 right now. Things just, are going really that just, well. That was just for you. I know it's May 29th, but still, got to revel in the victories you have. Sometimes they don't happen. If you could have a rematch from any game on last year's football schedule, what would it be and why? That is our question of the day. Let's get to the voice of the nation. This is the voice of the nation on BYU Sports Nation. Weigh in on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Taz Propst on Instagram. Any game we lost. Okay. Yes, but okay. we're asking you to pick one. Okay, Biff. <laughs> at Young Roy 49er. Utah, it's a no-brainer. It, it, well, what, what do you want out of last year? Do you want the win over Utah? Do you think that's going to happen? I want BYU to get to a bowl game last year because then this offseason isn't yeah. like, <laughs> I, I just fundamentally disagree that it has to be beat your rival to be successful. That, that, that's, it is certainly a that's, marker of success. Yes, that's Utah's that? thing. That's not BYU's thing. Well, it used to be Utah's thing. It's still, it's, for it, the most part, their thing. I don't think so. I, th- I think they have bigger, loftier goals. We're not this, we don't have the same kind of relationship with Utah as we had prior to All right, being we in the same We need to define the relationship then. That's a very BYU thing at uh, Tyson <laughs> Peterson. I would take a rematch against LSU because I think not putting up a fight against them set the tone for the season. That is an interesting thought. You just get to the 47-yard line. You, that's, that's week two or three, and that's tough at that point, right? Yeah, I mean, it certainly, it certainly didn't help. But, I mean, beyond all that, injuries and inconsistency with yeah. that, just it absolutely it, destroyed the it year. set the tone a little bit. I, I kind of agree with that. Our elite response of the day at NickLee51. I would prefer to just forget last year ever happened. What's a 2017? What's a 2017? <laughs> the conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter. Always use the hashtag BYUSN. The show always on demand. BYUSN.com. The audio podcast is on iTunes, Google Play, and the TuneIn app for Lauren McLean, Jason Shepard, I'm Champ. Shout out to Bob Noel. BYU Sports Nation back at it tomorrow at noon Eastern time. We're seeing Solo! Yeah, baby!